recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Maston Thrust Building in beautiful Midtown, Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, I Bury the Living. This is the story of a man confronted by such strange forces within himself. At this moment, he is looking at a thing of evil. A thing that takes possession of the mind and compels it to kill. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. I mean, you know, what else are you going to do where everybody's requested, made to stay at home? Listen to a podcast. Hey. Watch some movies. Watch some movies. Listen to us talk. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, Maybe find out about a movie you have not seen before. And this one, tonight we're talking about I Bury the Living, uh, may be one of those that you haven't seen before. <laughs> I hadn't seen it before. It's new to me. I remember seeing this years and years and years ago and it was on Dr. Mad Blood when I was a kid. And it was one of those that, it's a kind of a supernatural thriller kind of movie, mm-hmm. but there's no monster in it. So as a kid, I really didn't care. <laughs> Because, you know, I just want to see monsters. And as an adult watching it, it's it's actually an enjoyable little movie. It is a, it is a thriller. It's right. not a horror movie. Yeah. And it does... And a bit of a mystery. A bit of a mystery. And kind of has a supernatural element to it, or yeah. so you're made to think made throughout the movie, movie anyway. Yeah. Well, and even by the end, you still think it's a bit supernatural, maybe. Or at least he does. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little... The end... They try to wrap it all up, and it's a, we're both a little confused, I think, well, and with I, some I, elements in they, this thing. They, I really believe that they want you to question it all, and that's the point. Yeah, but that wasn't portrayed as clearly, I don't think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe they could have could have done some things differently yeah. to, to make that come across better. But anyway, we're getting ahead of yeah. ourselves. Why don't we? That's okay. Why we don't can, we? It's our podcast. <laughs> we do the hell we want. <laughs> why don't we start at the beginning? Who's okay, in well, this the, film? Okay, you want to do the cast first? Yeah, let's do the cast okay. first. Okay. Uh, well, Richard Boone is the lead in this. And, of course, Richard Boone is you know is known for being paladin in the Have Gun, Will Travel cowboy show right. in the 50s. And uh, also in a, playing a bad guy in a lot of John Wayne movies and mm-hmm. cowboy movies and other things. So... Is Palad a good guy? And then Palad's a good guy, guy, soft-spoken, tough guy. Mm-hmm. And most of the other things I've seen him in, you know, typically he's kind of a bad guy. Okay. So this is kind of neat to see him playing just like an everyman, businessman, kind of just a regular guy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Now, the only other two notables in it that, for for me anyway, are uh, Theodore Bickle. Is that who, George? Uh, that, no, that was the caretaker of the... Oh, the caretaker, okay. Under the old age makeup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We should talk about that in a second, too. Who's been in tons and tons of stuff over the years, even recent. I mean, he even did a, b- a couple episodes of Babylon 5, mm-hmm. you know, so he was still working. And then I think his name's Herbert Anderson, mm-hmm. who was the dad on uh, the Dennis mm-hmm. Menace show. Right. Forever. Who you've seen, everybody's seen him and stuff. Yeah. So George looked familiar to me. So he's not anybody. Maybe I, he just looks like somebody I've recognized. Which one was George? George was his um, uncle. Uncle. I'm sh- I'm sure he was another. Side. I just can't place him off the top of my head right okay. now. Okay, I'll have to look him up. Yeah, later. not one of those characters that jumped out at me that I've seen over and over again. You know. Gotcha. But we, you know, it likes a, not a, a big, huge name. It's a small little B picture. Mm-hmm. 
Came out in 1958. Black and white, of course. Black and white, of course. And it's shot very well, from for my money anyway. Yeah, I thought so. It had some really neat setups and some shots and mm-hmm. some some in-camera effects they did. The focus pull yeah. uh, that they used a couple of times, which it, it kind of hits you by surprise because you're not expecting that kind of thing in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And it happens, and then, oh, wow. And then they do it, I think, one or two more times. Yeah, well, the first time it happened, I thought the movie was over. Yeah, it looked like, oh, like, oh, oh that's the end. end. <laughs> and then there's a couple of, like, that optical effect where he's watching the clock and there's a close-up of the clock and the clock hand changed to, changes to one of those pins, those push pins. Yep. Uh, and there's some some other interesting things. And the way the, oh, well, before I tell that part, let's tell a little bit of the plot real quick, give a rundown of that. Richard Boone plays, uh, what's his name? John? No, Bob. Bob. Bob Craft. Bobby. 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 <laughs> and he's on a board of directors for this department store. And I think it's a department store. It is. It's like Isn't a family it? business. Family business. Yeah. But they also, the department store, the board also owns the cemetery. So each of them, each of the board of directors has to be the chairman or caretaker of the cemetery for a month or yeah, something like the, that. They're the chairman for a year. For a year. Oh, yeah, for a year. They, yeah, there's okay. a caretaker that really does all the, the business but they have to be the chairman and sign off on all the checks. Okay, and stuff yeah, for a okay. Year. So it's his turn to do it, and he doesn't want to do it because he's too busy. But reluctantly agrees, and he get he goes there and he knows the caretaker, known him forever, and they catch up. And then there's this big map on the wall mm-hmm. of the cemetery and all the plots, and it has black push pins for plots that are full, people that have died, and white push pins for plots that people have purchased but aren't dead yet right and he bumps up against the map or something and knocks a couple no, no, of, oh he it doesn't no just uh, some people show up some people he knows uh uh-huh. that just got married oh they bought up and they said yeah. they wanted to buy a and, plot yeah, so mark it down that's right thing with his dad and they said well we we bought a couple plots yeah. near, near dad's near dad's plot could you mark them down for us yeah so he goes he goes back in there and he just grabs a couple pins and incidentally they're black pins yeah he grabs black pins on accident and pushes them into the board under uh, their names and, yeah, so, and doesn't course, think black, about it yeah black indicates that they're actually buried there mm-hmm. not that they're white pins for being held for somebody yeah so the next day he goes back and he gets word that they've died yeah they were killed in a yeah. car accident and he says Oh, well, that's peculiar. <laughs> you know, yeah. I did that. I pushed those pins and they died. What a coincidence. And afterwards, I jabbed two pins in the map, white pins, I thought, just to make it official. And I hear today they've been killed, and the maps had them on the blacklist all the time. Okay, so what? Well, nothing. It just made me feel a little eerie, that's all. I think he means he marked the young couple for death, sir. Yeah, I guess that was it. That must have been the feeling I had. And then it happens a couple more times. Yeah, well, the thing that I thought was weird is he was so disturbed by it. It wasn't just a, it's a peculiar thing that feels so weird. He was so disturbed by it that he wanted to prove himself wrong, unbeknownst to anyone else. And he randomly takes a black pen and turns around and shoves it into the board in some random person's plot and takes the white pen out. And it was this W. Isham, I think was the person's Mm -hmm. name. Somebody he didn't know, and then they ended up dying. Yeah. So now he's convinced that 
that either he or the board. Well, not convinced. Yeah. Well, but he, he he's, he's pretty sure he's, about it. Himself. That's something weird. So I yeah. think I think he does it one more time or something just to see, and then it starts to really get to him. Yeah. I destroyed them. Something in me killed them. Then a couple of guys, three guys on the board of directors, tell him they want him to take their white pins out and put some black pins in to prove. That this is all poppycock. Yeah, none of this is happening. Yeah. It's not going to happen. There's, it's just your imagination. So put our put our pins as black instead of white. Yeah, nothing's going to happen to us. You'll see that it's fine. Oh, well, guess what happens? They all die. Yeah, they all die one after the other. And uh, there's more. And I mean, more We're story happens yeah. in that. This is just a basic skeleton plot here. And then it gets to you know towards the end of the movie. He, of course, he calls the cops, and they don't want to believe him, and. Towards the end of the movie, he's barricaded himself in the caretaker's shack, and he's kind of going a little loopy. Yeah. And he says, well, wait, if I've got the power of death, then I have the power of life. So he pulls out the black pins of everybody he's killed and puts white pins in their place. Right. And he falls asleep on the floor in mm-hmm. there. And when he wakes up, he's, he's actually started a little fire in there to keep warm because it's supposedly like ice cold and the heater broke, and the smoke's getting to him, so he... Opens the door, throws water on the fire, and just runs out in the air in the cemetery to get some air. And he runs across one of the plots, mm-hmm. and the, the grave people the, that die. Yeah, the graves are open and empty. Yep. So he runs and looks at all the rest of them, and they're all open and empty. Yeah, where he put the, the white yep. pins. Mm-hmm. So now he has apparently brought everybody back to life. So he thinks. Mm-hmm. So he runs back to the 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 shack and grabs the gun that's in the was in the desk and he's getting ready to put it to his head and the phone's ringing and he puts the gun down and he answers the phone. Now, but I missed, I skipped a part here. Rob has skipped a lot. Yeah, I skipped a lot. I'm going to go back. Well, I don't want to just tell the entire story. Then what do you need to see the movie for? Yeah. But the police at one point. Well, maybe we shouldn't give the whole thing away. Maybe for once we should make somebody watch it. Okay. We, we won't tell the rest of it, but it wraps up. Should we spoil the ending? No, I think we should make them okay. watch it for once. We always spoil yeah. the ending, and this time we won't. Yeah. Ha ha. Ha ha. Well, we may end up having to spoil it because we're gonna have to talk about stuff. But anyway. well, we'll see. Anyway, it's it's got one. It's got one of those endings where it's there's a twist. Yeah, it's of. it's a little bit of a twist. Not really a twist, twist, but you find out how the killings are really done. Yeah. And what happens and all that. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to have much to talk about if we don't talk about it. So I guess you're going to have to say. Well, no, we got more to talk about. One thing we do need to talk about is who did the makeup for this. Yeah, we may or may not come back to the ending. We'll yeah. see. Anyway, yes, who did the makeup for this, Rob? Mr. Jack P. Pierce did the makeup for this. And who's that, Rob? God. <laughs> Jack Pierce, of course, is the master craftsman who designed and created all the classic Universal monster makeups from, you know, Frankenstein to the Wolfman to the Mummy and beautiful, just incredible, incredible work. And if you don't know who Jack Pierce is, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Or if you're just finding out, you need to go and look at all his work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, it's, I didn't know that he did this going into this. i sure I knew, but I it, Didn't remember. it escaped me. I yeah. forgot. But he did, of course, he did the old age makeup on Theodore Bickle as the, as the caretaker because he wasn't that old in this. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful old age makeup. Yeah, and there really wasn't you know? any, other, any other thing to do, right? No. Now, the trailer for this is great. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like the same no. movie. A terror 
spawned in the hellish unknown, seeking warm, living flesh to drag down into the bowels of the earth. The trailer leads you to think that this is a supernatural, almost, almost like a, a creature movie, you know, a zombie movie. Like yeah. you know, the dead are going to come back to life. There and, were no zombies. No, no. But and it has some great shots and effects in the trailer that are just like make you think this is going to be an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. And it's not an awesome movie. <laughs> it's a it's a good little movie. It is good, and and it's interesting. I mean, there are a few moments that are a little bit slow, but for the most part, it does move along decently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, and it's not bad. Yeah, and if you like, like we do, you like this era of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, these fifties sci fi horror movies. They're just a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and they all have good, solid actors in them. Mm-hmm. They're B pictures, but they're not B movies as far as bad acting and bad cheesy effects and bad plot it is a product of its time and it's it's solid it's a it's solid acting it's solidly the cinematography in it solidly solidly shot if i can use english <laughs> it's just it's not a spectacular movie right you know it doesn't have a big monster in it it doesn't have a vampire or a werewolf in it. And, yeah. and it's not... It's more It's more psychological. It's messing with your head. Yeah, and it's messing it's with... Messing the, with his head, Yeah, the lead character. Not, your, not the viewer's head. Yeah. But you're watching the lead character have his head messed with by the situation he's in. Yeah. And how he slowly... He unravels. Yeah. Well, he's, he's convinced himself, of course, that that it's more him. And some of the other people he's talked to, while they don't believe it's really happening at all... Yeah. Think that if anything could be happening, it's more the board mm-hmm. or more the map, I should say. Yeah. And then even by the end, after you find out what's what's really all going on, he's still convinced that he's he's the reason it all happened, even though it's not him. Yeah. Because at one point, the uh, it was a police detective, mm-hmm. the captain or whatever says there's, or is it the newspaper guy's friend? Anyway, one of them tells him that there's, it's been proven or tested that some people have powers and they're, you know, the power of their mind can cause things to happen and mm-hmm. even things they're not aware of. And it goes on with that. So that gets in his head. Yeah. He's you know, just and by the end of the movie, he's yeah. done this. One thing about the map we didn't mention that's really kind of cool mm-hmm. is another one of the kind of effects they use is. The map gets bigger yeah. as he gets more, he com- becomes more unraveled. Yeah. And at first you don't really, you think, wait a minute. You don't quite notice it at first. Yeah, it's not real subtle. I was watching for it to be subtle, like it gets a, a few inches or a foot bigger uh, really? each time. But all of a sudden it's bigger and then you're like, wait, wait was, was that, that wasn't that big, was it? You know, in your head. Yeah. And then... As it gets bigger, like it takes over the wall, you're like, oh, okay. It's it's yeah. in his, it's what he's seeing is yeah. the map is controlling him. Right. It, he's having less, he's getting smaller. The map is getting bigger. Mm-hmm. He's having less and less control over what's going on. The map is doing it. Yeah. And it's really a neat way to do that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, by by the end, yeah. he's he's so unraveled. I like the way you're, that word for him. Mm-hmm. He's so unraveled that... He's moved all the furniture against the windows and the doors. And I'm not quite sure why he did that. He did it right after he put all the white pins in, thinking he's going to bring everybody back yeah, to life. Yeah, I guess keep the zombies out. I, I, that's yeah. all I could figure. Yeah. Maybe he thought he was bringing them back to life and he was going to keep them out. I don't know. So anyway, all the furniture has now moved against the walls. And the shot is him in the middle of a concrete floor yeah. with a little fire he's created. And 
the map behind him, and the map almost has a, a background glow. A glow, yeah, to and it's it. as big as the wall. And it's it the is whole as wall. big as the wall. So that is your entire background. Yeah. So it really does. It pops right out, and it it really stands out. And one thing I didn't mention to you, yeah, you probably noticed the the way the cemetery is laid out has this. Um, the, the road is shown. The swirl of it's the kind road. Of a swirl. Uh-huh. It almost makes an infinity symbol. Yeah. But it almost also looks like eyes. Oh yeah. So uh-huh. it was uh-huh. it was really cool the that way is that, cool. that shows up. And yeah. then of course they do that weird camera effect where it but gets wa- all wavy. Warbles, and, yeah. yeah. So I, really I do like the thing with the map in that it it the movie is a just a straight regular mystery thriller. Mm-hmm. It has no special effects or supernatural stuff within the story. Right. Except that he thinks that he's killing, you know, that. And then when this thing with the map, it gets bigger. It almost changes the mood of the movie. Right. In those couple of scenes where Mm -hmm. it's like, and it kind of wakes you up. Not that you're falling asleep, but it it wakes you up to something different. Something weird is happening here. Yeah. That's not, not in the rest of the movie, per mm-hmm. se, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain. But it makes you look at the movie a little differently. Like, yeah. it's a, it becomes a different movie all of a sudden. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely would recommend watching this. It is, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Because it's it's not what you expect. It's not a big, huge surprise or anything. But just the way it's done. Uh, like I said, the way it's shot really impressed me as far as... It could have been very boring. Yeah. And... But some of the shots, especially the ones of him running through the cemetery at the end where he's panicking mm-hmm, and looking mm-hmm. at all the graves, there's some like overhead shots and some direct shots of him running and some lower shots. Mm-hmm. They It shows a lot of different ways to show that. And, you know, and it makes you feel his increasing panic as what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you get to see a lot of how also to give you a, 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 a scope of how big the cemetery actually is. Right. You know, and it was yeah. a real cemetery in, in California. I can't remember the name of it. No. Right. Well, and one of the odd things that I noticed when um, what well, you mentioned in the in the shack or the shed or whatever, uh-huh. the, the caretaker shed behind the desk was a picture of. Yeah, it was John, Wilkes, John booth. Wilkes booth. I don't know why reason. that was there. I, so odd. Yeah. Oh, another thing, too, in the shack. I don't know what significance this has. You can draw your own conclusion, but. When he first gets to the shack, mm-hmm. and when the camera shows him by the map and it cuts back to where the caretaker's standing behind him, some of the junk on the back on the wall there, mm-hmm. there's some boards and you know stools and stuff. There's a sign, like a road sign, leaning against the wall, one that says "One Way." Hmm. And I, you don't see it later in any of the shots, really. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know if it was on purpose or it was just thrown just there. up there. You know. Yeah. Um, well, and then, but I love things like that where they put stuff like that yeah. in the movie where it doesn't, it's not really part of the main shot, yeah, it's but it's in the background for you to register. Yeah. Well, know. and then the, the shot that I thought was weird when Jesse, the, his friend oh, the that works for guy, the newspaper, yeah. yeah, he calls and he's talking to Bobby and I guess he's gone to Bobby's house to check on something. I can't remember. Yeah. And he, uh, Bobby tells him, you know, I, I've put, a black pen in in all of the board members' plots. Yeah, and and Jesse says, "Well, I'm I'm gonna go check on everybody. You know, everything's fine. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go check on everybody." And as soon as he says 
everything's going to be fine. I'll check on everybody. He puts the phone down and he walks out of camera. And Jess the, does. Jess yeah. does, yes. And he's behind him on the wall. You didn't see the whole time he was in camera, but behind he was him on the wall it, yeah. is a picture of a clown with a sad face. But that's it. But it's a stark image when he moves. Yes. Yeah. And it was really strange. Yeah. I was like, why would they choose to put that there and why hide yeah. it? And it's not like they just happened to show it because, you know, he was there. He clearly had to be there for a reason. Yeah. Because they leave the camera there when he walks off. Yeah. And you clearly see it. So is it just because, okay, they're sad. Everybody's going to die. Well, I don't, I mean, what? <laughs> and why a clown? And yeah. why a clown? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of neat. What too. does that mean? Makes exactly. me want to go back and watch this again. Yeah. You yeah. know, to really like take all this in. What's the significance um, of a sad clown in you know, this? I don't there get was it. that other bit too, where he talks about hearing these noises that he's heard. I don't know if he says since he was a kid or I he's heard he before. Yeah. But it's like a, uh, pound a tink tink pounding kind of sound yeah. or a knocking it was engraving and it's it's the caretaker names. engraving the names on the tombstone yeah and when he sees it happening it registers it was what it is but mm-hmm. he says he's always heard this sound before and that sound i never knew what it was it's the sound of a name being cut into a headstone yeah i've i've heard of people who thought they'd been through the same bit before in their dreams i think it's even happened to me what would you say if I told you this happens to me regularly, ever since I was a child, sometimes as often as every other week? And I don't know if they, I don't remember that they come back and address that at all. I don't think they do. Why that figures later, into it. Later, when he's talking to Andy as the caretaker, uh-huh. time, when he's talking to the caretaker later towards the end of the movie. He hears, the caretaker the hears caretaker it. The caretaker hears it, and yeah. he keeps telling him to talk about something else, but... That's a, that's know. one of the confusing parts to me. I don't know about, what that yeah. has to do with anything. And when he's he's hearing that that scraping or that not you know knocking of the the chisel or whatever, mm-hmm. it it starts off sounding like it's a caretaker breathing to me, mm. like he's breathing heavy because he's panicking. Okay. And then it becomes more clear that that that's what it it's that other sound. Right. But that whole bit was a bit confusing to me. Yeah. Which again makes me want to go back and watch it again now. Yeah. And look for these things and pay more attention. Another thing that... And you will, too, if you watch it now. <laughs> Another thing that is kind of like a, a subplot that just doesn't go anywhere. I'm not, yeah. I don't know what her purpose in the movie is other than to give him some character. Is the fiancé? fiancé, yeah. Somebody for him to talk to. I, I guess so, but she doesn't really... Other than the one scene where she comes in and you're, she's introduced and yeah. you get to see that you know how he's in love with her and you know blah, blah, yeah. blah. She doesn't really play a part anymore. No, you know, she, I mean, she's in a couple of scenes. Yeah. She's introduced... And then she has that other scene where she comes to see him, where, where he's in the and middle of... And then he's an ass? Yeah. And then... Oh, he the, says, if you're going to cry, do it somewhere else. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that was terrible. He, he was so good to her when they first... Yeah. When you first get introduced to her, he's so in love with her, yeah, well, and they talk like, about how know, lucky he is to have her. And we her. both laughed at that, because it was so like, God, you're an it ass. Was, yeah. And, and that's but, right. He was such an ass the next time. But it's showing how this is... It's it's this thing is affecting him, him and, yeah. and messing with him and totally just yeah. changing his outlook and you know and his his he's becoming frazzled and unraveled right, and right. stuff and of course and then she comes back at the end she's back and it's the happy ending yeah yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just some of the little things that are thrown in there. Yeah. I mean, obviously some things you need for character development, and I guess maybe you did need her for some of his character development, but it was just an odd way to put her in there and just kind of not use her anymore because she was good. I liked her. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember the actress name. This is another one of those movies. Most of it takes place at night. A few daylight scenes. So I think it'd be more fun to watch this late at night, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. to really get in the mood and really enjoy it. And, you know, me, I really have to be in the mood or I like to be in the mood to watch certain things Mm -hmm. and have the setting right for it. I I enjoy them more that way. Yeah. You know, of course, we watched this one. It was the middle of a sunny afternoon, but that didn't take me out of it, you know, at all. And the copy we watched was pretty good, I think. Good, mm-hmm. clear copy. It's an older copy from the MGM Midnight Movies line that I loved that line of DVDs that came out. And I'm still trying to get it, all of them. Mm-hmm. Have a shelf full, you know, decent-sized collection of them. Yes, you do. I'm not sure if this has been released on Blu-ray. I'll have to look that up and see. Pretty sure it's still available. Probably you can see it on YouTube. It's not one of those big-name movies. Uh, a lot of horror hosts have showed this over the years. But if you get that MGM Midnight Movies disc, it's like I said, it's pretty clear. Sound quality's good. Mm-hmm. Picture quality's pretty crisp. Mm-hmm. And I even got, th- I mean, I got this one used years ago. I didn't even get this one new when it came out. So it's uh, yeah. a well-worn copy, but still looks pretty good. Yeah, there were no subtitles, no English subtitles anyways, as some yeah, of you like Fran- know. It's like French and have, Spanish subtitles. Yeah, I have a hearing problem, so... You guys may know that I always use subtitles, and this time I didn't have them. So we just turned I, it up loud. We did turn it up loud, and you know, in in past some that we've done that with, I still can't get through because I can't understand it enough. But mm-hmm. this one, I managed to get through it pretty well. There were a few scenes that uh, were a little garbled for me, but it was because of the background noise. Yeah, and some and, of the characters speaking was, a little lower. Yeah, and, and mumbling there was, kind uh, of. There was some stuff with it was like the scenes where there's not people on on screen. It was other things. Oh, the ambient was, background yeah. noise and right, stuff. Right when yeah. I didn't have lips to read, that's when it got bad. But yeah, there was only a very couple. I don't know, maybe a minute or something. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, the only extras on here is the trailer, and like I said earlier, the trailer is great. The trailer makes it like almost a completely different movie, and you want to like watch the trailer again. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I was surprised at how how good the trailer is and it really sells the movie. Uh, but it sells a it sells a different movie. Yeah, really is. I think if I had seen the trailer for this and then seen the movie, I would be disappointed. Yeah, because it, it really does yeah. sell a different movie. But, but it, I wasn't disappointed in the movie itself. No, I mean, no, going no. Going into it from the description you gave me, I got what you gave me. Yeah, and. I thought it was a, a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you I mean, read it descri- wasn't like the best movie ever, but yeah, I enjoyed it. You read the description on the back of the DVD, and boom, and that's the movie. Mm-hmm. The trailer, like I said, is makes it seem a bit more spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I'll throw the trailer up on the Facebook page, and uh, you can see. And But definitely, again, like we always say in all of this stuff, check it out for yourself. Get you a copy of it. Look for a copy online or whatever and watch it. It's... It's a fun little movie and a good way to pass an hour. Yeah. Hour and some change. Yeah. It's not a real long movie. Nope. And no, uh, I don't know. I don't think I have much more to say about it. Uh, I can't say anything really. I can't say anything bad about it. 
I'm not over the moon about it, but it's one of those I would watch again. Yeah. And definitely it's one of those, if I'm flipping the channels and it's on, I'd probably stop yeah. and finish watching it. You well, know? Yeah, and having <laughs> having watched it through all the way once, and now I know the plot and the ending, I would kind of be curious to watch it through again to see some of the stuff we are questioning now to see if yeah. anything's a little clearer. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure we will through. at some point because yeah. we've done that. We'll say, you know, let's... You want to watch this one again now? And yeah. we'll sit down and watch it and go, ah, okay, pick up on the stuff that yeah. I thought about before. Yeah, you know? yeah. I may have to go look up the significance of yeah. sad clowns now. Yeah. <laughs> now, actually, this is the, our second choice for this actual podcast. Oh, we we yeah. watched the other night, we got out the William Castle box set we've got. And it's like, you know, Which there's a love. few movies on here that we haven't watched yet. Yep. Of course, we watched the, you know, the ones everybody knows. And we watched Zots the other night. First time I'd ever seen it. Me too. And we're not going to talk about that right now. Because after watching it, it was like it's, it's a nice little movie. It's like, I don't think we can fill a whole podcast with just that. So there's a, one or two other movies on there. I think 13 Frightened Girls is on there. I've never seen that either. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know if in the next episode or one a little pretty soon, mm-hmm. we're going to watch the other movie or two that's on there. Maybe we'll do a you know, a podcast on the other William Castle movies and oh, <laughs> talk okay. about two or three of them. All right, we can do you that. You know, yeah. and uh, wrap yeah. up the William Castle yeah. line. Yeah. Well, and I had thought, I thought you saw Zots because no, uh-uh. you, you make that coin. Yeah. And so I figured yeah. you had seen yeah. it. It's pretty cool. And the, it, the gimmick in, the, in that movie, which we'll talk, I'll repeat on the next podcast, is the lead character comes into possession of this coin this ancient coin mm-hmm. and it has Zots written on it. Well, and it's not really Zots. It's just kind of like, yeah, but you say is the word Zots is incantation and you get this power to do things. Well, in movie theaters, when it came out, they gave out little plastic reproductions of this coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I managed to get one a few years ago, which of course I love movie giveaways, especially vintage movie giveaways like that. They're awesome. And I, I cast it mm-hmm. and I make reproductions of it. And I've sold a few now and again, but it's one of those just neat things to have for me, you know? Yep. And I love finding those out in the wild or on eBay, and uh, I've got a handful of them. I need to make a nice display in a frame at some point, I think. Yes, you do. We should get a shadow box. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, we'll go into the William Castle, the other movies, maybe the next episode. We'll see. And I think that about takes care of that. I suppose so. There's one thing left to do. There is indeed. We need to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. And it does. The world does revolve around Planet of the Apes. We discovered this many, many years ago. Uh, My friend Clayton and I discovered that you can connect anything back to the original Planet of the Apes. Long before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, we came up with The World Revolves Around Planet of the Apes. And just about every episode here, I will prove that. Just like right now. Go. <laughs> Let's do Richard Boone, because okay. when else are you going to get to do Richard Boone? Okay, Richard Boone was in The Warlord with Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not any fun at all. <laughs> Okay, do somebody else. <laughs> Theodore Bickle? Okay, do Theodore Bickle. Theodore Bickle was in The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming with Brian Keith. 
Okay. Who was in the Mountain Men with Charlton Heston? <laughs> you want uh, you want Herbert Anderson? Sure. You want Dennis Smith as Dan? Sure. Yeah, he did a couple episodes of Batman. Roddy McDowell did a couple episodes of Batman. <laughs> well, this one is like super duper short. <laughs> There's not even any time to think about that. So this is a direct line to Planet of the Apes. And, and you know. It usually is. It, it all. If I thought a little longer and harder on some of those I, that we've done the roundabout, mm-hmm. along, even though going the long way is kind of fun, yeah, I'm sure there's more direct route. Well, once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. It does. So go out and watch the Planet of the Apes films. <laughs> yes. And you know that would be another cool podcast to do once we finish the series. We started watching the Planet Apes series from the 70s, which I haven't seen in forever, mm-hmm. uh, last week. And hopefully we'll we'll get through it another week or so. You know, we're yeah. not binging them. We're watching a couple episodes a night. But maybe we'll do a podcast on the Planet Apes series. Yeah, we could do that. I was talking with Clayton this morning on the phone a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we, we started talking about the series mm-hmm. and how it, you know, how cool it is in a lot of ways and some things they did different from the movies and all so that might be an interesting one to talk to do probably yeah maybe him he and i will do that that i don't want to do it with you but yeah but once we finish watching the series and maybe i'll put that bug in his ear maybe he'll give him a watch a couple episodes uh, we'll we'll do that okay cool so i I guess you don't have to do how the world revolves around planet of the apes when it's a planet of the apes podcast no not really you sure yeah don't know how that relates yeah. Or we okay. could just mess with each other at the end of it and throw names, random names out. Yeah, you, you could do that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're we're rambling. That's what we do. It is what we it's do. That's what we do best. All right. So I guess that's it. Yep. Until next time, huh? Till next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night.